This week will double up as I missed last week's podcast for the first Sunday of Advent. And so I think for this double issue, if you will, we'll talk about the watchfulness nature of Advent. Here's the story. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locust and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie a thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, last week's gospel lesson had us ending with Jesus's keep awake. And this week we had John the Baptist declaring, one more powerful than I is coming and will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And these texts are prime example of what Advent is all about. I mean, prepare the way of the Lord. Get ready. Stay awake. But prepare for what? Stay awake. For what? Prepare the way of the Lord? Sure. Let me go get my Christmas tree. And though Advent is a preparation for Christmas, I mean, this is correct. After all, I mean, everything in Advent points to Christmas. Advent also admonishes us to prepare, to be alert, and stay awake for more than just midnight, December 24th. In this week's Gospel, John says, One will come who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now, depending on your denomination, baptism uh, in the Holy Spirit can have different thoughts on what it is, be it you received the Holy Spirit through infant baptism, or as in a more Pentecostal church, uh, it's a second baptism with evidence of speaking in tongues. Regardless of these two differences here, there is a commonality to both of them. And this is, this baptism John speaks of is what empowers us to go into the world to serve others, love our neighbors as ourselves, to heal the sick, clothed the naked. When I was serving in the Methodist church, uh, I was in a more rural setting. It was a small town in a county in South Carolina where the primary industry was pretty much farming and forestry. I mean, there was a little bit of industry there as far as a couple of factories. But really, farming, forestry, I mean, you drew, you drove through miles of fields uh, to get anywhere. And though the church I served was in, in town, you know, there were other churches in the surrounding communities. And I remember the pastor of the church I was serving at that time. He came in one day. He was very frustrated. He had just come from a meeting with one of these other uh, outlier churches. And you see, this particular church, it wasn't doing much. And the central church, uh, you know, the conference, it was struggling with the idea of it staying open. He wanted to see if it could be reinvigorated, for lack of a better word. And so he met with the church council and the leadership 
There was no pastor. They couldn't afford one, though they couldn't understand why the conference wouldn't just appoint someone to them. I mean, go figure. He had pointed out possible ways to bring new members into the church to them, you know, be it, you know, uh, women's programming, men's programs, uh, programs for kids, you know, ministry, basically. But they said they weren't interested in that. All they wanted was to come to Sunday uh, worship, to be together, hear a good sermon, sing a couple hymns, and basically go home. He left very discouraged that leadership in a church would be so apathetic to ministry. And I don't know if the church is still there. Uh, It was one that it had been around when the town, that area was growing. um, But then, you know, as things started to subside, that church did too. But at the time, I think they were maybe worshiping 50 people on a good Sunday. And that was 20 years ago. So I wonder if that church is even still there. When I think of them, and I think of the gospel lessons over the past two weeks, I realize they had fallen asleep. And by doing so, they were not preparing the way of the Lord. They let the power of the Holy Spirit lie wasted. And it was reflected in their attitudes toward ministry. And apparently it became reflected in in their uh, attendance record. Every year, Advent is a call for the church to wake up, to be alert, to claim the power of the Holy Spirit that John the Baptist foretold. This Advent, I encourage all churches and Christians alike to make a point of being conscious, to make a point of being awake by consciously living out the gospel, not by decorating your home or church with beautiful ornaments, but go out and through good deeds of faith, decorate the lives of others with the good news of Jesus' coming into the world for the sake of the world.